DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Aaron Smith, what's up, bro? How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing today? And I'm making it. So you are the CEO and founder of Motorphilia, and basically you specialize in online car sales. Yeah, I always find the word CEO kind of pretentious, but I mean, that's typically <laughs> what I am, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, you know, there's people who like start up like their like Sensi uh, business, like I'm a CEO. I'm like, well, no. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, I started this up uh, in theory back in 2000. Um, and then in practical application in 2007, it, it took a, there's actually a lot of laws that had to be written to do what I do. Um, and we actually had to pa- get those passed uh, in 2007 and started the actual world's first true online car dealership. So well, not the world, United States. That, that's insane too. Like, so how did you get into, before you got into car sales, like tell me your background. I know you, um, or Baylor graduate. And, um, you know, tell me how you got into the, basically the car business. Uh, law school, actually. Um, I, uh, I was going to UT law, uh, theoretically. Uh, I, uh, forgot to apply for financial aid. I was dumb. I did not understand, uh, the concept of, uh, student loans. Uh, I don't know why I didn't even think about it. I probably just, my heart wasn't really in it, honestly. Yeah. Um, I was going to law school because it was the thing to do, I guess, but it wasn't the thing I really wanted to do. Um, and uh, I took a signing position with a, a Dodge dealership in uh, in Austin, Texas, and uh, it was god awful. I, I could not, I could not fathom a place more miserable than a Dodge dealership. In fact, I don't ever want to go into a Dodge dealership in my life. Um, oh, so. I did that. They gave me a signing bonus of $2,000. I needed the money to pay rent. Did that. It was honestly some of the longest, most tedious work I ever did for three months. I hated it. Every I really didn't like it. But I, I what I hated more was um, the indirectness and lack of transparency that I saw in the car business. Um, I came. I come from a background of like, you know, your words mean words, right? What do you mean by that? Like that whole, like, what do you mean by that? That implied uh, layering of, 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 of meaning behind things is not what I do. Well, um, I'm very much like, this is an egg. This is an apple. This is $500. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I, and I think people find comfort in that because that's the way our brains work. Yeah. Um, and car dealerships work in a mindset of uh, mindset of kind of like, we're going to, kind of tussle you around and make you really comfortable with a terrible thing and then make sell you something that's a little less terrible. Yeah. Um, so it's more like it's a, there's this weird kind of battering of your boundaries that car dealerships walk you into. And I think that that model is dying off. But, you know, it's funny as I was talking to a client uh, today uh, about an F-150 that he was buying at a Ford dealer in, uh, in Dallas and they're advertising this Ford for $45,000. But in order to get the price, you had to get this special package and you had to get the bed liner. And by the end of it all, you're spending $55,000 for a $45,000 car. Well, that's not $45,000. No. no. And then you have to buy Then They're like, well, then you have to use our finance rate if you want this deal. So they're making like $3,000 extra on the back end. I'm like, well, this is, this is, this is a little trickery. I mean, you don't need to do that. I, I think that, 
People just want to be treated. Actually, I think some people love being lied to. They just do. They just need it. I think some there are people on this planet, they love being lied to, and then they need to be angry at somebody, and they exist. Um, and for those people, I think that buying process is perfect for them. Well, I mean, um, you... It's funny because you said that because that, the car industry has been like dealers have been that way forever. That old school sales mentality has been in place for the past 50 years. And it's like everyone dreads going to a car lot and running from a sales guy walking out there. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's because they, they think you're an idiot. And in yeah. fact, they, they, they create this, this, this dynamic that makes you stupid. Cause I mean, I, I, I talk to people who are phenomenally intelligent people and, <laughs> You know, there's these little mind games being played that are, are seriously, it's a practice of misdirection. Um, you know, they'll they'll, uh, they'll they'll take together, put together this this you know this four square diagram and say, well, here's the price of the car, here's your trade in, here's the payment, and uh, yeah, I forgot what this other one is over here. We're gonna focus on this part of the square. You know, don't you worry about this price over here. Price yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you want to pay? What do you want to pay monthly? What's your monthly payment going to be? Well, I don't, I don't know. No, honestly, I pay cash. I'm good. No, what's your payment going to be? Yeah. One payment. Thank you. And so, oh yeah. And then like, well, we can, well, you know, if the payment doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter what the price of the car is. Yes, it does. They are actually directly related. There, there's all these like things I, I was told to say. And I was like, you know, I don't want to believe people are this stupid you know, and, 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 but the fact is, that, I mean, I think that people just don't know any better. People don't understand, like, honestly, the structuring of, 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 of a simple interest loan is a little baffling. I think this is also, you know, I think a political, but I do think that we should learn these things in, 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 in high school. I think you should know how to, yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. understanding compound and simple interest is a really good thing. Understanding how, you know, how, how these things work and how credit works. And those are not bad ideas. Those are things we could have known in high school. You know, I learned that it took me 15 years out of high school to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at 80 percent of your, you know, the economy, people that are going out of high school into college or whatever, immediately into student debt, not understanding what they're getting into, having to deal with that for the next 20 years. This is this a whole, you know, it's a whole big deal. Oh, gosh. I remember I remember when I first got a not because I was an, I was such an idiot. This is why I think it's funny when like <laughs> talking to parents like about like about they'll, they'll say, well, you know, so and so wants this kind of car. And I'm like, so and so is 16. They're a moron. You know, I was like, you, you, you need to take the reins and tell them how things are going to be. I wish my parents did that. On a certain point, I think you should not be trusted with your own brain until you're like 24. I completely agree, man. Like you really, like I think we really set the bar too low on adult, uh, on adulthood. <laughs> like I don't, I don't. Almost 21. I'm like, you're not. I mean, I get it. You say you are, but you're not. Yeah. You don't. Um, but like, uh, but I remember in high school, you know, got a, got of, uh, into college and like, first thing I got was I got an, uh, an American express with an unlimited, uh, uh, unlimited, uh, no limit to it. Uh, you know, I, I, I built, I bought a trip to Vail. I bought skis. I bought all this stuff. I spent like 15 grand the first month of having this card. I had no call. I had no money. Why did they yeah. give me that? You know? And I didn't know how to pay that back. I was like, I was like, well, I'll be, uh, you know, I'm going to be like making a million dollars a year, I guess, you know, running Exxon or something because, you know, it's that easy. I literally, it was such a putz. I remember my first application out of college was to take over an ad agency to be their president. That was, <laughs> I, I wrote them, I wrote them a long letter about why I need to come in and take over their agency. Like the, the audacity that I had is staggering. And I would, I should have just nut punched myself. 
If I go back into time, I will slap myself. I will. <laughs> well, it's, it's um, funny what you've been doing. Like, so we've been connected the past few years and just watching your transparency with people on how to look for good deals. That's what I love about what your approach is. Not only it's your business, but you're not trying to sell to people. You're like, hey, look out for these things. Let me just give you some valuable information. And I know that works hand in hand with people actually coming to you to to transact. And also you're working with people all over the United States too, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, I have people buy from me from all over, but I mean, I think the product that I, I'm trying to sell more than anything else is just uh, tremendous credibility. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I take it upon myself to really learn what is going on. I, it's important to know why this is the case. Um, I don't believe in superstition. Um, you know, if a car makes a certain noise, I want to know why it makes that noise. Uh, not, well, it just happens on Thursdays. I couldn't tell you why, you know, it's like, well, no, I need to know why. Like, I mean, you know, I seriously spent two days, uh, two days trying to figure out why Alexis is making a little squeak, um, finding out that it, we, it was an improperly, uh, uh installed, uh, parking brake. And we yeah. needed a, there was a little C clamp that was missing, but that little C clamp was making a kink, 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 kink noise. And we couldn't figure it out. And it seriously took two days to find this little itty bitty thing. But, you know, that's something that drives someone crazy. And a lot of uh, a lot of people overlook those things. And I don't like it. I don't like I don't like the uh, uh, I don't like to believe that the cars are mysterious unicorns that just, you know, up and do crazy things They're They are predictable. They are clocks that burn stuff. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think credibility is an important thing. And uh, I, that's also probably got me in trouble because I think that if you're going to be straightforward with people and you're going to be honest with people, that means that you're going to be straightforward and honest with them. Yeah. Some people don't like that. Some people don't like to hear the truth. <laughs> they get really upset about it. And it's like, man, I'm just, no, if, you, if you want to hear, if you want to hear nice stuff, please go talk to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I care about everybody. I really do. But I think the most important thing to do is to give people honesty because you know, what's so funny is, is you're going to spend, you'll spend, uh, three, four weeks. If you're on a, on a car process, figuring out that like, honestly, your expectations are not meeting reality, or you can just talk to somebody and go, look, I've been doing this for like two decades. It's not going to work. <laughs> and I, you know, it, and you know, and there's that weird, like, I think uh motif of like, you're, you coming from the outside and like, you've got a new vision and you, you can see past all uh, how things work and, and you can, you know, really break the whole system. It's like, this is a $35 billion a year industry. It is very systematic. It is. Um, and, uh, and people put a lot of time and resources into getting this stuff right. And you getting on car gurus does not make you understand how the market's working. That's another thing I love that you always bring up is like, um, the Carfax stuff or the, you know, the, the car gurus, uh, the people that, you know, or the NADA and the Kelly blue book and people going off those values and not looking at the market. Like, I think you're really well versed in explaining that to people because people need to know about that. And, you know, I'm a car nerd when it comes to like, I love the flip game. I'm always buying and flipping stuff. I've been doing that since I was right out of high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, work on, I'll buy something, work on a little bit. And if I can make two or three grand on it, cool. But I've never, you know, I don't know. I don't have the vast knowledge of all these types of, you know, makes and models. But I mean, that's something that I really think is important that everything that you're putting out there as far as values is actually accurate. Well, it's as accurate as I, I think it can be because uh, the problem is like there there are times when we walk into market upheavals. Like right now, we're dealing with a market upheaval. Um, things don't make sense, and uh, to pretend that they do make sense is foolishness. Because uh, right now, everybody in my market is wrong. 
I'm wrong. Everybody's wrong. Um, you know, predicting car values, like predicting Bitcoin three weeks from now. Yeah. Like seriously, if you can predict Bitcoin three weeks from now, great. If you can do it 10 hours from now, amazing. Yeah. Doge is going to go to a dollar tomorrow. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know how to buy that stuff. I like, I don't like, I, I, I was actually, I was like, well, I should buy, I'm going to buy like, I'll buy a grand of that. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, you know, what if it loses a grand, then I lost a grand. Okay. Who cares? But like, I mean, I, I, that's not a big deal, but like, um, I don't like the, uh, but yeah, there's just things I don't, I, we're, we're dealing with this weird thing because of the pandemic has deeply impacted so many supply chains and we're running into more and more problems. Uh, you know, as I was telling you, we were you anticipate uh, shortages in rubber and spikes in tire prices. It's going to happen. Um, you know, we've, we've got shortages of vehicles. We knew about this happening. We knew this was going to happen. Uh, I, I knew the market was going to spike. And I was telling people this over and over. And remember about this time last year, I was like, talked about it if you want to buy a car, you do it right now. Yes. Yeah. Do it right now. Do this. this and they're like, oh, no, no, the economy is going to collapse. It's going to get worse. I'm like, No. Yeah. No, man, that's not what's going to happen. I remember you specifically talking about F-250 value or something like that. It was a um, three-quarter ton vehicle, and you were like, right now, it's this. X amount of months, uh, X months ago, it was this, and it, you plan on it being, you know, 20 or 30% more in a year or two. It's going to be bad. And, like, I mean, like, what I, what I can do is I can tell you with, with – I can tell you with some pretty strong accuracy when I, when I, I track your markets – where things are going to go to, but it's really hard to tell you. It's weird. It's easier to look out and see where things are going to be in the big picture than is to say, well, I don't know what the micro, these yeah. micro movements, you know, I don't know how they're going to swing. I can tell you over this period of time, over the course of a year, this is where it's going to look, yeah. but like, when is this really going to happen? I don't know. We're, we're, we're basically frogs in the water and I know that's going to be boiling soon. And I know that's cranking up. I just don't know when we're going to get to that point where we're really going to feel it. Um, well, it's funny to me because right now, like, this excites me like the, the, you know, we had the whole snow apocalypse and then everyone's out buying full drives, you know, and then the, the truck prices, um, new dealers not being able to have new inventory. So they're shopping used inventory from private parties. Like this stuff is exciting because I feel like it's uh, unpredictable, but what's most exciting about what we're dealing with right now to you? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> There's nothing exciting about this. This is terrible. Like it's, this is, you we you need you need cars to depreciate so that people who don't have a lot of money can afford them. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, uh, if they don't have a lot of money, they're going to be walking into notes they can't afford, which means that the banks are going to be stressed to write bad paper. Which means that we're walking into a subprime apocalypse really soon. Um, this happened. You remember this happened in real estate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the bubble burst, and that's what we're dealing with now. We have, what, what uh, almost a solid year of 0% interest or even longer now at this point. Of for No, I don't have 0% interest, but, like, rates are really low. Yeah. There's a lot of people borrowing, and there's a lot of people borrowing cars that really they shouldn't be buying. Well, but isn't that always the case? Uh, that, what's that dealer you mentioned earlier that does that a lot? <laughs> are we talking about? Dodge. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I think that I, uh, CarMax, CarMax and Carvana – are working in tandem to to they they are responsible right now for probably twenty percent of the car sales out there. So one out of five cars sold are probably between those two. That's a major impact. Um, that's enough to drive up the market, and they're buying a lot of stuff. And people have to compete with them. I have to compete with them. Um, I mean, there's ways to work around them, and there's there's definitely ways to beat their system. There are there are absolute ways to steal cars. Yeah. Um, uh, but the hard part is educating people on 
the methodology of doing that because um, everybody wants the untarnished, perfect looking baby uh, gem. And that's the one everyone's going to look at. And it's amazing how, you know, you can, you can really, you can go where no one's looking and you will find something there. Um, There is a way to kind of, um, to hack the system. And that does, and that's one of the, one of the skills I've developed over the past 20 years is kind of like going, I get that you like this one over here. Mm-hmm. Let's get this one. You're like, well, but it's got like, it has a spare wheel on it. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, we can go buy a wheel. Yeah. Not hard to do. Has um, Apple CarPlay, you know, this has Apple CarPlay. This doesn't. No, not even like that. It's like, it's just like the seats are dirty over here. This one has bad really? picture. Oh, they said, okay. So you simple, simple yeah. stuff. Like, it's so, like, okay. this one photograph long or like, you know, we have two cars identical and an inspector noted something that honestly is highly arbitrary and made yes. it more serious than it really is. Um, you know, that's, that's a common thing. Sometimes, sometimes they don't catch it, uh, but you know, but um, I don't know. There, there, there's, there's ways to do it, uh, you know, and and so if, if people trust us to, to to kind of play the system, how how you can take advantage, of, you can always take advantage of people's superstitions. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, any place where superstition exists, you have a great pool of people to take advantage of. What would you, um, what would you say is the most um, uh, most BS belief on a specific make or model of vehicle that you've heard over the years that you completely disagree with? Subaru is a good car. Okay. Um, Subarus, I mean, Subarus are okay, but like, I mean, I think uh, a lot, of, a lot of people get very excited about marketing. I mean, like, there's no car company that talks about the reliability more than Subaru. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like talking to a person who talks about how little they, they like to murder people. Like, <laughs> I don't murder people ever. You know me, not a murderer. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Nine out of ten people agree. I'm not a murderer. What would you think? Okay, on the advert of that, what's probably the most underrated? Uh, Mercedes Benz is underrated. Okay, uh, in what aspect? Uh, they make a good car. They make a really good car. Um, and then they, they also make terrible cars. I mean, they, not everything they do is good, but they have some good stuff out there. Um, they have a tremendous V6, uh, really one of the best on the planet. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Ford, uh, you know, the summer mixed bag. Dodge makes a you know the i mean the cummins is a phenomenal motor i mean yeah. jesus i mean people swear by them and it, it deserves it um you know the hemis uh, you know <laughs> not that much like valves yep. you know if you like valve jobs you're gonna love a hemi yep. um but i mean i don't know i mean like i think i think that that in general most cars are pretty good um i think kia I really don't trust Kias and Hondas. I don't. Um, I just, I see the thing is like, I, I it's kind of like, I, I see what, what I'm doing. I see all the mistakes people are trying to get out of all the time. When you're at the auction, a lot of people are trying to get out of stuff because they're having problems. They're trying to, this is, this is an escape mechanism. Sometimes yeah. it's not. I mean, I, I wholesale a lot at auction because it's, it's easy. It is. Um, and it's, it's, it, you know, it can be profitable, but it's, it's a good way to turn metal into cash real fast. Uh, so there's a lot of people like me doing that. I'm not really trying to pull one over on anybody, but if I have a piece of junk, I'm sending it to the auction also. Are you just doing like, if you're wholesaling stuff, like what are you saying? Like five to 10% instead of getting like 30? Oh, uh, I, nearly hundred percent of what I take on trade is going to, going to wholesale. Okay. Um, I mean, you, I, don't, I don't, you don't know what the, you know, unless it's something extremely low miles. I mean, is it something to where you like, you just don't, or you just don't want to mess with it? No, I don't want to sit on it. I don't want to sit on anything. I, I have a, my, my business model is high turn rate. 
That's what I, I like about that. I want it gone. I want yeah. everything gone. I don't. I don't you're, want to see it. Go away. So you're researching things and, and picking them out based on what you know is working, selling good, and what's reliable. And then the trade you take in, if it doesn't fit that mold, you just send it on. All right. Uh, Even if it does fit that mold, I'll get rid of it. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, I, I'm not allowed to have an emotional connection to things. Dude, that's that is the most holy shit. That's the, the best thing. You, you, we're probably going to talk about this whole time because when it comes to something like a vehicle or stocks or anything else you can't get emotional about it it's a transaction there's i mean there there are cars that i am emotional about and i do keep them right but that's that's for you that's not for you know making money correct no i don't <laughs> right. want to make money I, you're a toyota but, yeah, I mean, guy too right but, well it's it's just the, the 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 methodology that i work with when it comes to vehicles is that going forward is not going backwards real simple idiom um i want to say i want i imagine you have five spots i, I mentioned this in my video on my website but all everything you're doing is real estate management if you can have uh, uh five spots and each one of those spots is making three dollars a day by turning cars three dollars a day on five spots that's much better than a lot of a bunch of cars that make fifteen hundred dollars a day every week yeah. Uh, or fifty or fifteen hours once a week, and, and so so if you if you keep turning them over and over and over, you don't need a lot of space. So the reason reason why we're efficient is we keep a really small profile, is that we don't need a lot of room. Things come in, they're going out, they're going in, they're coming out, they're coming in. We're shuffling stuff, and this is it. It comes in, shuffles, get ready, goes out. And we have we have a we have a we have a processing uh, process where we, we cars are coming in, they're being inspected, they're being being made ready, and we're going bop, 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 testing everything out, and then bam, it's out again. Uh, when it's a, when it's a trade, same thing. Process, process, process goes in, goes into a wholesale system, it gets out of here. But you know, we need this much space to operate. Uh, I don't need an acre. I need yeah. this much. It come this one comes in, that one goes out, and uh, I like that methodology uh, because uh, it, it allows you to be very dynamic to the market trends. Allows you actually to put more into a vehicle because you're. Anyways, um, so you're talking about like how we research stuff and sell stuff. Again, it's it's just it, it, we. I know the market trends. I can see where they're going to go. I know where wholesale is going to be, and it, there is kind of understanding. Like if it goes, it's going to it's going to be in this area, and we send it, and we sell it, and it moves forward, and we go, and that's it. When people buy cars from us, it's the same thing. Here's the market trend is going to be. Um, you know, here's what it costs to do all the stuff that needs to be done to it, uh, and uh, here you go. Here's your car. Yeah. Well, what um. What would be the number one thing you would tell anyone that listen or watching? Because I have a wide variety, but everyone needs a vehicle, you know, almost everyone. Um, what would be a word of advice that kind of covers like what everyone needs to know? Something you may tell people uh, every day that you get tired of telling people. Well, there, there's two things you, you can't you can't really you, you can't summarize things into like like little tidbit sound bites and say that's going to be the way it is. Right. I think that I think that I think simple solutions to complex things are usually wrong and um it isn't simple buying a car isn't simple there's thirty-two thousand uh moving parts in a car um i think the best advice honestly is to understand that you probably don't know very much and 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 don't don't let your uh don't 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 let your confidence betray you i mean even even what i'm doing like it's funny as I've been doing this twenty years, and I'm talking about cars. I'm like, ah, I'm not. You're going to find that I have a lot of a lot of uh, second guessing on stuff. I'm like, yeah. well, because uh, you know, I don't know everything. Um, I, I know, I know when things are wrong. I know when they're wrong, 
but that doesn't mean I know what to write either. Well, the, I mean, it's funny too because you like if you look at people like, oh, Dodge is a piece of shit, but Ford's great. You know, like that. There's those things too. Where, but it's <laughs> and then you have people that are um they're not educated and they're just going off of what someone says. That's why they're buying a vehicle. You know. Well, I think Steve Jobs said it best: is that people don't know what they want; they want what they know. Yeah, and that's a, that's with cars. Is yeah. we understand what we know, we don't, and what we don't know. And I, I fall into that category. I mean, I just try to know a lot. But I mean, if I don't know something very well, I'm, I'm going to not have a lot of confidence with it, and I'll be very open with people. Like if there's, you know, if you were to ask me, hey, you know, what are common problems of the of, of a modern Porsche 911 Turbo? I'll be like, my friend, I haven't actually played with an 911 Turbo in like 10 years. I don't yeah. know. I really don't know. I couldn't tell you the nuances of what we're getting into on this. This is going to be a learning experience for both of us. You're and also well. Don't you also um, you do some restoration too? Don't you? Are you still doing some of that? I know we talked about it. Oh, ago. I love restorations. Yeah, I love getting a restoration of things. I, everything. I mean, I love getting into fixing everything on a car. Not by the way. I don't. I can do it. I don't do a person. I have. I have people that we. Right. We have teams, they right. do that. Um, you know, I am. I am. I am. I am more of a, more an orchestration element. Um, you know, a contractor. Yeah. Um, you know, I I've got people who do all the right stuff, and my my job is to then package it all together and go. There you go. So, um, but the uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I think that if it depends on what you're looking at, but but uh, I have good three rules of market values, and they are very 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 accurate. Uh, if a vehicle is under market value, uh, a person is either lying hiding something from you or they're an idiot. <laughs> it usually is the first two, right? <laughs> it's, it's probably a combination of a lot of those. Most people aren't really that dumb. Right. They are. But you know what? I'm dumb. Like there's times like I, I seriously, I, I will price a car under market value because I really, I'm not, I, I am, I'm looking at old market data. Okay. Um, you know, I I sold a Tundra at auction today. Uh, I was willing to sell it for a specific amount. Uh, and, and if somebody came to me before the auction and said, we'll give you that much, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. Uh, I let it go to auction. Had I, had, I, had I not just let it go its course, and I believe in letting it go its course, uh, I would have sold that car for probably three to $4,000 less than I could have just selling at auction. But... You know, I mean, that's that's because I'm I I the, that's this is a volatile market right now with 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 trucks. So I'm not good. I'm not good with telling you where a truck's going to be valued at. I'm that's really I'm not good. And I think anybody who really has been doing this a while at this point kind of feels confused. Well, so and you've kind of been a pioneer for the the internet um, auto industry, like we spoke about at first. Um, can you tell me the transitional, like, just a real quick synopsis of the transition between like you're doing so much on eBay? Did you dabble into Craigslist when that become popular? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then oh. Facebook. Where you at on Facebook Marketplace at this point? I hate it. <laughs> um, I know, dude. God. Yeah. I, I mean, is this available? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, then, but, uh, and here's another thing you can tell when there's a scam almost immediately these people they get people man left and right they get people it's all it's all scams i, I see I, I i'm in all these forums i see all the ads all the time and it's always it's also always somebody just downplaying something very serious it's so common like well it has an engine light on but everything else is perfect They're like yeah well let's talk a little more about that little thing you just skipped, yeah. skipped right over you know it's like going on a first date and you know it's like Oh yeah, no. You come visit my place if you don't mind the smell of dead bodies. It's a fantastic place, and you're like, wait, wait, hold on. You you, <laughs> you mentioned something back there. 
no. Yeah, you'd be visiting somebody, and that's one of those things. Like, it's like they just kind of like glance over. It's like, oh well, yeah, it's a minor repair. It's just a head gasket. Yeah, and uh, and needs, needs transmission lot. work. It's not. <laughs> it runs. Transmission was slipping a little bit. Yeah. Not a big yeah. deal. Uh, it's it's running fine. It was running when I parked it. My favorite is um. Oh, it just needs an O2 sensor. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then. <laughs> What's what's making that O2 sensor go off? Like you know, what's my bad? Yeah, like converter, mass airflow sensor, and a bunch of others. It's weird. It's like this trifecta of things that all go bad at one time. But like, yeah. uh, but I mean, like you know, I mean, those things aren't that big of a deal. I don't mind O2 sensors. I don't mind catalytic converters. I don't mind. I mean, it depends on the car. Um, but like I said, uh, when I, whenever I read these things, it's, uh, there's always something kind of sketchy. Um, I see a lot of stuff where it's like it's it's obviously it's it's a it's obviously a, a severe frame damage we're talking about, or I don't know. Um, the, uh, but I don't like marketplace. I don't like car gurus. I'm very openly anti-car guru. I think car gurus, see, the reason why I don't like car gurus is that it's, it's using a, a format to give people a false understanding of how good or bad a deal is. Yeah. Cheaper doesn't mean it's a better deal. Cheaper means cheaper. Um, you know, Motel 6 is not a better deal than Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> okay it isn't um so you know just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's better you know a cardboard box is not a anyway so like it's it's just it's it's a weird thing but like I, i'll like dallas dallas is a really big cesspool of sketchy vehicles yeah it's huge. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you'll see me talk about is, and I'll, I'll do it all the time, is I'll, I'll pull cars from California specifically and go, and, you know, these cars that are just destroyed, and, like, there's a clean Carfax. Here's another one destroyed. Yeah. There's a clean Carfax. Here's another one destroyed. Here's a clean Carfax. And I swear, you take that VIN number, just just go ahead and put it, put it aside, and then a month later, look that VIN number up. Look it up on Google or whatever. You're going to see it on CarGurus, and it's going to be a car – uh, at one of these like auto value sites or something like that, some warehouse somewhere. And they're like, Oh yeah, this had a fender repair. Not a big deal. No, just like, no, oh, it's really bad. And you know, some cars, I mean, some cars are really forgiving, like pickup trucks. Honestly, you can beat the crap out of a pickup truck and you can get away with a lot and they're going to be okay. Yeah. But like a BMW uh, wiring harness damage on a BMW is not a joke. It's a big deal. And, and yeah. you know, I've, I've seen people go, oh, well, I got a buddy who can, <laughs> All right, got you back. That's okay. But like a data, like the thing with cars is they're surrounded by data lines. So like, and there's fiber optics in them. But like, if you if you go take a set of scissors, you cut your USB cable. You know, try to reconnect that to your computer yeah. and see what yeah. happens. Yeah, it doesn't work out very well. Uh, just those moderate interference differences in the in the in the in the, in the, in the electrical pulses render it useless. So, um, you, you, repairing of data lines is tremendously difficult, you know, and I, I don't know if it can be done. If it can be done, it's not by anybody, and, I, and it's not going to be some wiring guy in East Texas who does it. <laughs> no, it's not um, going to happen. No, it's not Probably a stereo. Not. They're yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. So, you yeah. usually have to replace these whole harnesses, and that's with, like, like a lot of these cars have luxury control elements to them. So, like, like oh, like, a good example was uh, we had this, this gal many years ago. We found her this. We found her this absolute screaming bargain on a fully loaded Ford Edge. I'm not a, not a huge fan of the Ford Edge, but it was a screaming deal on the Ford Edge. Sorry, something coming in. 
and uh, it had an airbag light on. And this was a car guru's car. And the guy said, and she she asked me, said, hey, can you go over and take a look at it? By the way, I never look at people's car for cars. I was really just curious. I was like, why is this thing so cheap? Yeah. Like this car had a book value at the time of 31 grand. And uh, hey, Amanda. Hi. Say what? Okay. Anyways, um, she, she, uh, this thing was going for like 18 and a half and it should be 31 grand clean Carfax, no accident on the history. Why is it so cheap? And they have the thing has an airbag light on, but that's under warranty. Okay. Then why did you fix it? Okay. It's a simple question. Why didn't you? So I go and I look at it and, uh, and I, and I, uh, I buy through the auction. And the nice thing about auctions I like is we have these rules. And in this case, um, I noticed when they, they did all this, uh, all the paperwork for the auction stuff, uh, they made a mistake. And I knew I was, I was going to take advantage of that later is they, they said that it was a uh, four cylinder engine and this was a six cylinder engine. And in auctions, if you do that, you, they, you actually avoid the sale because you misrepresent the car. Okay. So I, I went in and took the car knowing that they made a mistake and knowing that I had absolute re- full recourse on it. So I, I took it uh, over to the Ford dealer, looked over, and it was one of those things. The whole someone spliced the wiring in it. It was in an accident. They did a did a kind of a Mexican body shop repair somewhere. They spliced the wiring, but they couldn't turn the airbag light off. And you had to completely remove the whole wiring harness on this Ford uh, Edge, and it was about ten grand to do. And it's actually cheap for some wiring harnesses, honestly. Yeah. So it's a full body uh, body wiring harness. Uh, everything has to be disassembled and put back in. And I was like, all right, we're taking it back. Here's the reason why it's so cheap. You know, I mean, even if we did all that stuff to it, it doesn't guarantee that it would be a problem-free car from that point forward. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. You're missing all these things. People just have no idea about this world and what you, you know, what you're going into. And they're just always looking like looking at price and have no idea what goes into all of that and why the market is what it is and why this vehicle is worth this, you know, more than this other one. What's, what would be um, your all-time favorite vehicle? What is it? If we had to wrap it up into... Let's, uh, let's, okay, let's say this. Okay, favorite import, favorite domestic, um, and then um, favorite all-time. Oh, man, that's really, that's hard to say. <laughs> my favorite car that I ever owned was my Hummer H1. Okay. I had a Hummer H1. I bought, uh, I bought in 20, 2009, I bought an 06 Hummer H1, last generation Hummer H1 for civilian use. I loved it. I loved it. I seriously loved it. That car was so cool. And I was an idiot with it. And absolutely, can you give me a second? Man? I'm so about Hello, Saren. All right, it's a carrier. We, we bought a uh, some BMW this morning. You out of here? No, I need the Avalon key. Do you know what it is? Uh, Denise knows. Oh, there's an additional. Uh, look for the triangle uh, Toyota key in the uh, safe. There should be a Toyota key. There's a little triangly looking one that's not crappy looking, and that's the backup key for the Avalon. <laughs> you like me, bro, all over the place. I understand. I don't know how it goes. I, I, well, um, this is, I'm trying to block this out, but honestly, like, uh, you're good. You know, my my phone is usually off the off the ringer all the or off the hook all the time. Yep. Um. And uh. And and seriously, I'm only I, I'm having to get people like crazy. The amount of community at the end of the day, like the amount of people I talk to is insane. I um, I completely understand. I know where you're coming from on that. Um. Yeah. I don't want to hold you up too much on the Hummer. Um. That's that had to be what what was the engine in that? 
It was uh, uh, that was a Duramax actually. Okay, yeah, okay, hell yeah. Was, was, yeah, the, yeah. The, the version before that was what was neat was it was a Duramax with an Allison transmission. So I mean, it was a it was a Chevy, basically Chevy one ton, but it was a. But the, the ones before that were Detroit diesels, and they used the four AE transmission uh, uh, from Chevy. Really, really tender, tender. 4L80E transmission is a just a trash dump of an engine. Yeah, you know, it's it's that it's that temporary Chevy transmission that blows on everybody's truck. <laughs> it's that on the Hummer. Yeah. So that's, hell no. Uh, yeah. Um, but that's uh, not my my favorite my favorite car to drive is a 911. I love the 911. Uh, I love it very much. Um, I love it a lot. I love the, uh, the Hummer because just it can go over anything. It's amazing. It really is. And it rides so, it's such a nimble vehicle for what it is. Uh, and I mean, Jesus, it just it has a presence to it, you know? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That car ages well. You see a Hummer, you have to stop and go, damn. Yeah. Um, the car that, 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 I'll tell you, the car that impressed me the least uh, was the Lamborghini Gallardo. Um, I had a Lamborghini for a little bit. And honestly, I just felt like I was driving an Audi, a really, really? nice Audi. Yeah. And I never, and I don't like Audi very much. Um, I liked uh, the 911. 911 is probably the most perfect car ever made. If you, if you get into a 911, I don't care what year it is. It could be a 60, it could be a 69 or it could be a 2021. They're always, they're, it's a car that communicates with you. It's just, it's neat. I love it. Um, so uh, that, that's probably my favorite car okay i mean that's a good choice i've never driven one of those i had a cayenne for uh, a short while i enjoyed it but i haven't been in a 911 yeah a cayenne a cayenne is a very heavy feeling car yeah yeah it was heavy um the the porsche 928 and the cayenne share some uh, feel very similar i had a 928 in college for a little bit and uh you know that was that was fun but it, it was not it was, I mean, a Camaro is equally as fun, honestly. Yeah. How do you um, feel about that the mid-engine uh, Corvette now? I like it very much. Have you driven one yet? No. Man, they look, I, I mean, I like what they're doing with it. I'm, I mean, I have, a, I, have I, since I have a strong understanding of what it's going to drive like. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a Ferrari F430 for a while, and I'm sure it's very, very comparable to that. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I, what I've, I, I've, I think the thing is that I've, I've become very dulled to the sense of awe on a lot of cars that people get excited about. Um, Lamborghinis are really common cars for yeah. me. I see them every day. Uh, Ferraris are really common cars for me. Um, but I tell you, man, but the, even as common as they are, the one that never, ever disappoints me is 911. 911, they don't, they don't hurt you like other cars do. Like a Ferrari, Ferrari doesn't really want, it's a, it's a car that doesn't want to be driven. Yeah, it's weird. Like it does, it does amazing stuff, and they're talking about all the track stuff, but they don't talk about like how it will all break. The whole thing <laughs> breaks. Nine uh, Eleven, you could beat it, you could piss on it, you could take a dump in the front seat. It doesn't care. It loves you more. It's like a German S and M like <laughs> vehicle. Like it's like hit me harder. Yeah. Like no, it hits me harder. <laughs> and it's like, but I don't want to do it. You know, it's it's weird, but like that car wants you to beat the crap out of it. Yeah, awesome. Um, you know, I like that. I like trucks; they're good. I like everything, honestly. I like I like the Prius. I think that's kind of a. I, I think it's boring and hideous, but I, I like it because 
if you're going to go somewhere, I mean, it's kind of neat that like it costs, you know, five cents a mile to drive. Were you at on Tesla? I like it very much. Uh, I don't like it for Texas. I like it very much though. It's like with an asterisk. I like it in particular scenario. Like, you know, it's like, you know, um, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's good in a, it's good in a specific situation. Like how do you feel about chocolate cake? Yeah. Got it. I mean, as a, as a, as a daily diet, I mean, probably horrible, but honestly, I like it very much. Um, Tesla is really good if you live in a metropolitan area that has infrastructure that is designed for uh, EV use. Agreed. Um, if you really believe that you're going to go cross country in a Tesla, you're going to find a very stressful and nearly impossible trip to make. And if you made it, it's only a, it's something you can brag about. And that doesn't mean it was good. You can, <laughs> you know, you can brag about surviving being hit by a truck. Yeah. You can, you can, you, I just don't recommend it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, that's a good point because I mean, if you're, if you're taking Tesla cross country, you have to have one route. You're going to have, you have one route. Exactly. You can't go your own way. Yeah, look, you're, you're Out not, you're not going to be able to drive to Durango in a Tesla. Yeah. They can't, you can't, there's literally, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a center of road that is 400 miles. There's nothing there and you can't charge anywhere. Yep. So what you're going to have to do is you have to take your little itty bitty bit Tesla portable charger, plug it into someone's wall, and you have to wait for like two days to get enough range to then keep going. And that just sounds like a terrible idea. Or you can just put some gas in your tank and go for it. So, um, <laughs> my favorite EV right now is actually the BMW i3. I think okay. it's the best, uh, EV out there because uh, they, they have a little gas motor that backs you up. And it's a great deal. You can buy an i3 for under 20 grand, a good one. Um, and it's carbon fiber and it's mid-engine and it's rear-wheel drive. Is that badass? It's crazy, dude. Yeah. That's I've only cool. seen one around here. I'm in um, Shreveport, Bozier, but I'm sure you have more over there where you're at. Not that many. This is East Texas, man. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you're right on the edge. There are I3s. Uh, <laughs> no, you see the 328s, right? A lot of those. Uh, 328? Oh, well, yeah. oh, those are fine. No, but no, the BMW i3 is it's an oddly unattractive car that's beautiful for looking on. Yeah, and I like it. Um, I was very impressed with the BMW i8. I had one of those for a little bit, and that was, oh my god, that was a good motor. It was a good car. It, it's not as impressive as some other supercars, but I, I like where they're going with these with the BMWs, kind of like mixture hybridy EV type vehicles. I think that's very smart. Uh, Tesla, I think, is too much of a commitment to a future yeah. that's not yet here. Yeah, that's what I was going. That's the next question I was going to ask you. Is I mean, everyone's saying we're looking at like ten years before we're full EV. Do you think it's longer than that, or do you think no, we're realistic? So ten years. Yeah. Ten years is a realistic, realistic transit. I mean, the average person in the United States owns a car for thirty months. They right. do. Okay. Um, you know, so more than likely, uh, you're going to have about seventeen million people buying a car every year. Um, so you're looking at, at, at things cycling out. So you're probably at this point where there's about 1 million EVs sold. That's, you know, one out of 17 people buying an EV type vehicle or, or extreme hybrid vehicle. Right. Um, can, can, can we, when you get to a point where that's, you know, you know not like five or six or 7%, maybe a point where that's like 15 to 20% of your buying audience. We're not far from that. That's going to be probably in, in the next 10 years you're going to see enough where that's enough of a wake to, to make significant changes. Yeah. Um, you know, back, I don't know if you know this, but back in the 1980s, not many people bought trucks. 
No, I, well, I mean, I've, that makes sense thinking about it, but no, I didn't. I didn't know that. Just, Not just if you look back at pictures and you know things and and advertising and movies, I mean, you don't see a lot of trucks. No, it's very. It was very. You bought a truck because you lived on land back in those days, or you were a yeah. contractor. You don't buy a truck because you have a you have a soccer match to get to. Yeah, you bought a wagon. You know, um, things have changed, and, and so you know that was that's 1980s is what that's uh, 40 odd years ago. Um, EVs kind of got in the market uh, in in the early 2000s. Uh, they've been progressing. They've made significant shifts by the by 2010. Uh, we have now we're now in a, uh, you know almost every auto manufacturer now offers a strong EV option that it is not just like kind of like this weird like token EV, but yeah. it's actually like, you know I mean Porsche has a has an EV that's very uh, very notable. Uh, Audi does. Uh, Toyota, uh, you know, they have the Prime setup, which is pretty close to a, a strong EV setup. Um, I mean, everybody's kind of got something going in there right now, and it's probably gonna it's probably gonna happen. Um, I think they were. I think one of the big things they were trying to sort out was: are we going to do hydrogen fuel cell, or are we just going to do straight out EV? Yeah. And I think we, we've answered that. It's going to go EV. Um, you know, what's funny is there was a debate, heavy debate, uh, in uh, between 2006 2009 between uh, diesel and hybrid. That was a big debate, and I told everybody. It's going to go hybrid, and here's the reason why. Um, and I think that's that's where it's going to go. Uh, you, I think, so long as you ha- you can create make something very very convenient, and you can make it very reliable and very cheap, uh, people are going to buy. Um, and hybrid and, and EVs are getting there. Tesla's going to be putting out a twenty five thousand dollar Tesla in the near future. Yeah. Um, you know, and people are going to buy it. In fact, it's going to be incredibly popular. Um, so, yeah, I think the, I think the, I think we're ten years out is, is very realistic. Well, I don't want to hold you up too much. I know you got to go. Um, I think we need to do this again on the live feed where we get some comments. Um, we'll do that next time if you're down. But um, there's a lot more I want to talk about, but I know you got to go, dude. I appreciate it today. Um, a lot of knowledge. You know, I really want people to hear about the actual industry because, you know, every single person is partaking in that. So they need to be, you know, at least stop and educate themselves on what kind of deal they're walking into and what yeah. their options are. I mean, it, it, you know, like I said, I think that 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 um, if there's one thought I'd, I'd leave people with is that, especially in today's market, and this is really important, is the cheapest car doesn't usually mean it's the best car, and um, and that that people uh, should should take time to also question all internet sources because uh, Carfax is. It's marketing. It's not actually a litmus test. So, anyways, I, I, I you know, I know where else to end there, but if we want to talk later, we can talk later. Does this sound good? Yes, sounds good, bro. Um, plug motorphilia.com. Um, how how else does anyone find you? What's your website? I mean, your um Instagram or anything? Do you you at? Uh, I think I think motorphilia is a good place to go to. It's got enough enough information to get people about uh, how we work, what we do. It is something very different. We're not like, hey, come here and test drive this car. So you just didn't kick the tires. We're not like that. We're not those kinds of people. <laughs> um, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna guarantee that stuff. We're gonna make sure it's good. So, um, anyways, uh, we'll talk more. Sound good? Sounds good, bro. Thanks for uh, having this, and uh, we'll talk more again soon, man. All right, bro. Thanks.